Welcome to episode 65 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and this week we have a very cool interview with a agency owner who has taken their freelance persona and rolled it right into a fast-growing inbound agency. For James and the team at Figment, there is much more to design than meets the eye. And in this interview, you're going to learn how they took their skill for design, paired it with a digital understanding and a marketing strategy that pulls all those pieces together in order to build a business that's delighting clients all over the place. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Hey, James, welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. We're excited to have you here today and just learn more about your story. Do you want to kind of kick us off and share with listeners a little bit about your story and how the agency's gotten to be where it is today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Um, so Figments has started as my freelance pseudonym uh, over 15 years ago now. Um, I was doing uh, graphic design for uh, for friends and family, uh, logo designs, website designs, and um I noticed that when you add a little bit of uh, marketing insight to to what you're doing on the design side, uh, it made everything much better. And so um, I was really interested in that, really interested in art uh, design and, and how uh, design affects business and culture. And uh, so I actually uh, took that desire, that creative desire, and uh, I went to culinary school. Um, but uh, I, I found out you can't be as creative in the kitchen as you can be in Photoshop. And so <laughs> I, uh, I left the culinary world to, uh, to pursue uh, degrees in graphic design, um, uh, as well as entrepreneurship marketing, uh, uh, worked on a, a divinity degree in theology for a little bit. Uh, and then I bounced around from agency to agency for uh, probably about six or seven years. Um, I worked uh, as a lowly um, packaging concept creator, so literally making kind of paper packages uh, to see what they look like in real life, all the way up to uh, um, uh, production designer to uh, associate creative, creative director, um, and worked at uh, really incredible agencies. I helped launch CBS.com. Um, I uh, worked on Mini Cooper's website, Virgin Mobile, Puma, and uh, uh, mobile applications for Verizon and AT&T. Uh, so kind of just lots of different big clients, lots of different really cool companies that I got to work with. Um, and the turning point was uh, – recognizing that these million-dollar agencies that worked with billion-dollar companies um, just had a really thorough process uh, and really cared about these three things. Um, highly technical digital work, beautiful creative design, and a marketing strategy that pu- pulls it all together. And so um, I wanted to work with companies and deliver that same strategy for less than a billion dollar companies. Uh, and we've been having, uh, we've been doing great. We've uh, we started uh, just over four years ago um, as uh, Figments proper. So have been doing Figments freelance for for many years, but um, started the agency, uh, took the leap, left my cushy job to do Figments full time. And uh, we are 21 people now um, and uh, crossing some major milestones. Uh, we have about 50 clients uh, that we work with. And uh, yeah, just having a blast uh, getting to serve our clients in that way. And we call ourselves a digital creative marketing agency uh, because we do those things together. A uh, craft brand story and identity 
um, uh, some print and collateral, but really focusing on where that story exists online. Uh, so most people know us as a website design uh, shop. And then uh, really digital marketing has become kind of this uh, accelerant over the last few years to uh, really propel not only our services as an agency, um, but what we deliver to our clients, this actual um, analytics, data-driven process that that can actually turn um, marketing that used to be the black hole money suck, um, you know, you, cro- you cross your, uh, close your eyes, cross your fingers, you hope something comes out of it into this uh, analytics-driven, process-driven, predictive uh, funnel that you can actually start to see sales come from and, and justify the dollars that you're spending in marketing, which is totally revolutionary when you, when you really think about it. It was just five years ago that uh, that, that shift is, uh, has made that change. So um, pretty exciting stuff for uh, Figments today. Dude, that's awesome. Congratulations on the growth. That's really cool to hear that. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, now, this this gets me excited because I love it when folks um, kind of attack digital marketing from a brand perspective. Sure. And you also said that processes, you saw that processes were a huge part of the success of big agencies. Can you walk us through like your onboarding process or how do you, how do you wrap your, your mind around a new client when you're trying to sort out their brand story and integrate that into the online messaging? What does that creative journey look like? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have uh, something we call a, a strategic kickoff. Um, and so the first things that we'll do is send the, the client the questionnaire. It always comes back with like one word answers and it's not very helpful. Um, <laughs> and so we'll uh, we'll have the, a deeper dive and a, a discovery session. We usually buy uh, the client lunch um, that that discovery meeting is anywhere from two to eight hours long, um, broken up maybe over the course of two days. Uh, where we do exercises like uh, a brand card exercise where we try to um, – we have these uh, brand flashcards where there's different uh, brand pillars and brand truths on it and we'll go through them together, uh, which is really great to kind of get the client engaged and something like that. Um, we'll walk through personas, probably one of the most important things that you can do in your uh, in your marketing objective is to define personas correctly so uh, we can't market well unless we know who we're marketing after and where they are where they spend their time online what they're interested in so that we can craft content that they're that they're that's really going to drive them to us Um, so those two exercises usually take about uh, an hour and a half to two hours each Um, in addition to that on the branding side on the visual side of things we have a pretty thorough um brand identity and visual kind of style test. Um, so we'll look at uh, kind of an A, B, hey, do you like this or this? Do you like, um, here's a, a few few different styles of typefaces. Uh, what do you like better? Or here's a, a, a gamut of different colors. Um, here's where your competitors are on type and color and tone and voice and story. Uh, where do you think that they sit in terms of value and price and quality? Um, and then where do you sit on the spectrum? And hey, here, did you recognize there's a huge gap here? Um, maybe as we're, as we're thinking about rebranding, as we're thinking and considering uh, refining the story, we might fit well in this gap um, where your competitors aren't. Uh, and that you know that usually uh, spurs a lot of discussion. So uh, a lot of different exercises along along those lines that really help kind of carry and transform um, the onboarding process and the messaging from uh, what they know about themselves internally and and really haven't been able to um, haven't been uh, really been able to uh, verbalize or um, solidify. We're able to kind of pull that out of them during these meetings and then uh, and then execute that in a what whether uh, execute that in a branding identity strategy or uh, even in a marketing and digital marketing strategy going forward. Great. And I'm, I know that the value that you guys must bring 
to the team is not just your skill set of, you know, we can create beautiful things or we can tell good stories, but to be able to facilitate that conversation and extract those truths or extract those beliefs out of the team has to be a great asset as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, Paul Sheridan always uh, laughs about how long it took her to uh, design the the city logo and build the brand off of that. Um, and uh, it took her, I think she says like 40 seconds to do it, sketch it on a napkin. But it's, uh, yeah, but it was 20 years and 40 seconds, um, you know, and it's all the, it's all the past previous experiences that we have. It's, um, you know, I think every story that we come across from companies that we work with is really unique and uh, and really different and engaging for the right audiences. But um, they do have parallels to other stories that we've heard, and they're, they have um, you know they're, they're different methodologies and in different industries even that we can tap into and really gain insight from. So we can kind of drive uh, drive attention to that story in a, in a specific way. So it it is our experience and and what we've done for uh, other companies and clients that that help us in that discussion very cool on a kind of a typical basis what are the types of people within an organization that you want to make sure take part in those meetings what does that um yeah attendance normally look like yeah that's a great question um we usually ask for no more than actually three uh, people in that meeting because too many voices can uh can overwhelm the conversation um, sometimes we'll bend a little bit and get up to five, but um, really no more than five. Um, but who we want to see, especially from a marketing perspective, um, we'd love to have the head of sales there. Obviously, uh, there's usually at least one person on the marketing team. If not um, on an official team, there might be a designer or somebody in charge of doing um, you know, marketing tasks. Um, Sometimes there's an operations person. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's a, a finance person. Sometimes there's not. Uh, and more uh, more often than not, the CEO uh, or the or the president of the company is is um, available and present in those meetings because um, they're a vetoing power, and we want to be able to have the vetoing a vetoing voice uh, voice at the table so that we can understand their likes and dislikes um, first and foremost so that we uh, we can get through the the initial stages much more quickly and that's that's pretty important especially in the first meetings they don't have to be there at every single you know weekly um, follow-up or review they don't need to be you know considering what keywords we're going to be using for uh, for our content strategy going forward but when we're when we're really developing the voice understanding the tone uh, defining the story uh, in that onset it's really important it's really critical to have at least those um, those first few members uh, present. Nice. I like how you call them the vetoing power. I think that's a good term to take forward. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. All right. Let's, uh, I want to shift a little bit uh, because the process, it sounds like you have it well baked out and well defined there. Mm -hmm. Can you share a recent success story where this process has really proven its value and that your client has been able to see some awesome results? Sure, absolutely. I'll sh I'll share one where we've been working with a client for a little while, and we've seen some um, really great traction. And another one that's a really cool creative story. Uh, the first one is for a company called Custom Built. Uh, they're a custom window and door manufacturer here in Rhode Island. They're actually third generation owned, and this uh, this latest generation of, uh, of of brothers want to carry the company into uh, you know the twenty first century, um, and they're. And that 
uh, effort is really baked around a digital marketing process. Um, so they they contracted with us. We kind of refined their uh, very ancient looking um, retro <laughs> retro logo and their brand identity. Uh, we kind of crafted a story for them. This made in our uh, Rhode Island story um, with uh, with deep roots here in the state. And we carried that into a beautiful visual identity uh, program, uh, put that into a growth-driven design strategy for the website. Uh, and their big objective was kind of transitioning the, the even the business process over from strictly a wholesale business to do much more of a consumer-based or a B2C uh, style business. And that's a, if anybody knows, that transition is extremely difficult for a lot, especially for second and third generation uh, businesses. So um, that entire objective came from a, a digital marketing strategy. Uh, we had a lot of video content that we did in in the form of commercials as well as online content, uh, tutorials, overviews, case studies, et cetera. And uh, what we've seen is for the first time in the history of the company, um, we've seen the uh, majority of the sales come through on the consumer side, uh, which has been ex- extremely exciting for our clients, uh, obviously. And uh, we have been seeing uh, triple the amount of leads that uh, that they normally get on the on the web, which is uh, amazing. So. Um, this process, we know that it's working. We know that uh, that content marketing is uh, is so powerful and impactful. But the the obviously the, the key here is to be able to to track the wins and see what made the wins uh, successes and, and to replicate that going forward. So that that was a cool success, and we've seen that over time. We've been working with them for uh, uh, for uh, a number of years now, and um, we've seen we've seen that initial stage from you know looking old feeling old having a, an old story needing to transition away from that and really building their collateral slowly and that's been a, a, a huge win wow. um, and the latest project that uh, uh, that has been really fun to talk about has been uh, with another wholesale um, uh, manufacturer and uh, he's sticking with the wholesale side uh, they're called Norton supply they do uh, wholesale uh, products for the specifically for laundromats and cleaners um, and so one of the biggest um, number one pro- the biggest product or the number one product that they sell are uh, wire hangers uh, for these cleaners and laundromats. And so we came up with this idea to run a, um, a sculpture contest uh, sculpt, uh, for um, art students in, the, in our area. We have some pretty notable art schools uh, here in Rhode Island, including uh, Rhode Island School of Design, uh, Rhode Island College, uh, Johnson & Wells, um, and they all have really great art programs. And so we invited all these students out to, uh, to do the sculpture contest. And uh, what they came back with was so cool. It was these beautiful sculptures using these uh, incredibly um, actually beautiful hangers they uh, they were uh, in a gamut of uh, different colors and so um, so you had these beautiful kind of colorful art pieces uh, using these wire hangers and uh, you know it, these students aren't, aren't really customers of theirs, but this the footage that we got, the uh, the buzz that we created around the community, um, and the um, just the uh, ability to share the story uh, amongst um, uh, our networks is is going to be huge, and it, it just creates a really awesome collateral. So that's a pretty uh, fun project that we got to do fairly recently, actually just this last weekend. Congratulations! There's that's some awesome stuff. And I've got all kinds of follow-up questions rolling around right now. Um, let's dive into the the custom window and door manufacturer first. You mentioned this is a third-generation family that went through a massive transition. Can you talk us through that process? And at least my experience with family-owned businesses is that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of status quo that needs to be overcome. Since this was the new generation, was was that not the case, or what did that journey look like just to get everyone on board with such a transformation? 
Yeah, that is a great question. Um, when we deal with second generation and third generation owners, uh, one of the things that is really important, uh, really and actually in any project, um, if the CEO or the president isn't going to be involved in the table, they need to relinquish their vetoing power uh, and they need to give um, full ownership and responsibility over to the team that uh, that we're working with and that committee of three people that we create. Um, and in this case, um, because probably these brothers were the, you know, the sons of, of those people, uh, there's a little bit more trust um, and, uh, and responsibility that's handed over to them. Um, so uh, the clients that we're working with there they are um, fully responsible for seeing this company grow into this next generation or this uh, this modern kind of style of marketing that we're that we're implementing for them, um, and so it really fell on their shoulders. There, uh, they had a huge amount of responsibility for it, and so um, I, I think that's a it's just a good practice for the success of any uh, any campaign or project that we're running to um, to have this committee that we work with really be the uh, decision decisioning committee to really have the uh, authority to make decisions and, and to move the project along quickly if we had to bounce every meeting two or three times between the the owners and the other the other group of uh, um, uh, yeah business owners at the table it, it, we, we wouldn't have gone as fast and we wouldn't have seen the results as quickly as, uh, as we have. Wow. That's great. And then with that company as well, with a, a shift in target market obviously becomes a brand new sales process. How did the sort of redefinition of that sales process happen? Were you guys involved with that or is that something that they handled internally? Yeah, we handled, uh, we helped them with that certainly. Um, their sales team is actually relatively small, um, but we we helped them survey their existing customers, um, helped look at um, what their sales process looked like uh, from a uh, lead generation to revenue generation um, uh, roadmap. And uh, we, we kind of architected, um, okay, well, if the wholesale business looks like this, it's primarily relationship driven you know there's a real concern around how are we going to get these leads over i think that was the biggest challenge and of course uh, digital marketing answered uh, a lot of those questions for them um but we we transitioned some people uh, well they did they transitioned people over from uh from different parts of the team um once an implementer and now a you know salesperson outside or inside salesperson once uh, uh once an operator and installer now um is doing a, a little bit more field rep and so it does it did change the makeup of their uh, of their group a little bit, but um, I think they're they're still doing business very similarly to the way they used to do it. Okay, awesome. Um, now for this design project or this sure. art project, this is this is awesome stuff because it's kind of outside the box. Can you walk us through the creative process and how did you guys even come up with the idea to do a sculpture contest with hangers? Yeah, um, so. One of the things that we do in our digital marketing process is uh, on a quarterly basis or depending on how many campaigns that we're running uh, in a given year, if we're running anywhere from uh, one campaign a month or more, uh, we'd like to do strategy, uh, creative strategy sessions uh, internally with our team and with our clients. And so um, what what that looks like is usually is um, about a two hour session where we'll uh, invite the clients in. Uh, we, we might do it over lunch, but we usually uh, we put on some music. We uh, think through topics um, of uh, high impact as well as um, high ability to execute. And so 
so we'll we'll go through sticky notes, have ideas, kind of spin around the circle, you know, go an idea per round, and uh, and that'll usually spur on different ideas. Um, so one of the things that we we kind of have up on the wall while we do this exercise is um, all the different types of inbound content that you can create, whether it's contests or um, white papers, infographics, um, uh, uh, mailers, coupons. Uh, I mean, lots of different things that you can, uh, maybe not mailers, but uh, lots of different things that you can do uh, in terms of in types of in inbound content. And so contest came up and uh, it was, um, he we just remembered, um, you know, the client saying, mentioning that uh, their number one selling products was wire hangers. Uh, I had I had seen the other day the um, this really um, popular contest that I think happens in um, it's either in France or in California, um, but it's some wine wine centric area where they take a, a champagne uh, top. And the wire cage and the uh, the foil and the cork uh, of a champagne bottle, uh, those are your only tools and you have to uh, make different sculptures using them. And uh, I always thought that was a really cool um, exercise or a contest that they would run. Um, and wire hangers kind of it fits in that category. It's like a, a very malleable, not very malleable as we found out. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite difficult to mold with them, but it's, uh, it's a cool medium to, uh, to use for, you know, just letting your creative uh, skills run loose. Um, we try to tie that as closely as possible to their actual customer base. Um, but what we saw was, um, you know, it, it was such a cool idea and the images, uh, the photography, the video that we get, could get out of an event like this would be uh, such an impact and a draw for uh, general PR, uh, especially in, in our area. Um, and then we can run these contests uh, wherever um you know, the majority of his clients are. So we're, we're thinking about running a sim similar sort of contest in New York City, uh, another contest in Chicago. And so this kind of idea is, is, uh, is making its way through. And so that buzz, uh, while we're in those cities and areas, we can try to um, uh, gather more attention from the, the customers in those cities. Wow, very cool. Mm -hmm. um, can, you, can you share with us um, perhaps a struggle that you guys have gone through as an agency recently? Something where you've learned from it and have been able to make a switch or a change moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think the the two main struggles that we have are pretty probably pretty familiar with a lot of different agencies out there. Um, finding the right clients who need our services at the right time, uh, and then finding the uh, finding the employees and um, talent that can fulfill on those services uh, at the pace that the that the sales comes in through. I think uh, managing that has been quite the process. Um, again, it's probably not something totally unfamiliar from every single small business out there. Um, but we uh, definitely in the growth of figments, we've We've gone through some turbulent times, not having enough business on one side, uh, having too many people, of course, um, or not having enough people and just having this over overwhelming amount of work. I feel like we're finally kind of in a uh, place where we feel some uh, uh, some comfort, but I, I don't like to be too comfortable there. Uh, but one of the things that we've done um, to attack that challenge has been to um, build platforms. So one of the, the big visions um, for, for us as an agency is uh, as we are we have in-house developers, uh, in-house um, designers, UI UX thinkers, uh, and marketing strategists. We have we work with a lot of startups. We have our own good ideas, and so uh, we are building products internally as well. 
so we have uh, we have three or four products that we've been working on, um, all very exciting. Uh, this this latest one that we are kind of working on on the side is is the first product that we want to actually use ourselves as an agency. Um, it's a it's an, a tool that allows you to see um, kind of the pipeline of your work, um, the velocity of each project, and how how fast it's going, um, and then uh, and then your capacity of, of your team kind of being able to uh, analyze and match those. Uh, to to see what your runway looks like and how uh, how much work you have until a certain point, or when you're able to say yes, we could start a new project, um, or you know um, that that whole uh, that whole process is very difficult to do and difficult to manage if you have more than you know five to ten clients, and uh, I think a lot of agencies do, and so. Um, we want to uh, uh, we want to develop that for ourselves, test it, uh, and maybe bring it to market someday. But that's something that we've uh, you know been playing around with. That's very cool. Um, kind of like the idea of like a pivotal tracker where developers can kind of track how fast they're moving through something like that. I mean, we work with agencies all the time where that's a big pain is just knowing what are my resources today. And how do I need to be exactly. selling before I overload those resources? Yeah, and as far as we know today, Pivotal Tracker doesn't have the ability to compartmentalize um, a person's time by departments or even have you know different types of departments. It's really tracking towards a single project and how many people you could put towards a project. The, the difference uh, for an agency or a creative agency like us is that uh, uh, one person is never working on one client for um, you know ongoing yeah. for a certain amount of time? It's always I have you know twenty minutes on this project that I need to spend. I have three hours on this project that I need to spend. I have four hours on this other project, and that's my day today. And then tomorrow it might look totally different, and the next day it looks completely different. And and you might touch about ten clients in a given week uh, for an individual. So you know multiply that across. Uh, having 21 people, it, it's pretty hard to manage um, how fast uh, each project is going. Um, if the velocity of the uh, and the capacity internal uh, of internal resources is there, um, that's something that's really hard to do across different disciplines. Um, and so, for for us as a full service agency, it's it's um, it's some, it's a challenge that we have, but it's it's something that we're trying to tackle using technology. Very cool, and it's nice that you have the resources in house to actually work on that there solve your own pain first and then if it works out share it with the market i love it yeah awesome um well james thank you so much for coming on and just sharing so much of your story and some of the lessons you guys have learned along the way if anyone's listening and they want to reach out and connect with you what's the best way to do so Sure, you can uh, email us at info at figments, F-I-G-M-I-N-T-S, fig like the fruit, mints like the candy, dot com. And uh, that's probably the best way to uh, get in contact with uh, one of us here. Uh, you can also uh, follow us at Figments Design. Awesome. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your inbound agency journey. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.